0: What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Quarantine Zone continues. This is Across the Intersection Podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with the crew, Eve and A. Sizzle. As always, you can check us on our website, divemedia.co. That is divemedia.co. And our podcast can be ingested where podcasts are disseminated itunes apple Podcasts, google play spotify all of the usual soundcloud soundcloud yeah all them joints youtube everywhere um and you can check us on the socials at this is dive media that is at this is dive media and i can be reached at divinimus on all platforms d-i-v-e-n-o-m-o-u-s
1: i am e to the v to the on twitter and ig
0: yeah, yeah. So let's let's get it in, y'all, for another you know abbreviated uh quarantine version of the ATI squadron. Um, I was reading an article in. Um, we just gonna cut right to the chase, y'all. No, no uh, small talk this week. If y'all was looking forward to our banter, um, there's an article in the Atlantic, um, and the the reason that this jumped out to me just because I've been doing a lot more of things that I wouldn't normally do due to the quarantine. Like I've been talking to my cousins and things and aunts and uncles on Skype and zoom and all of that. And we, y'all know we had the episode a couple weeks ago about the zoom community and just different things about building communities. So this thing just got me thinking. So there's an article in the Atlantic. Um, it came out back in March. I'd encourage you guys to go and read it. Um, it's entitled the nuclear family was a mistake. Um, and it begin. It's by Mr. David Brooks, so you can go search it up, you know. Um, and he begins to talk about um, Western society's overemphasis on the nuclear family, um, as opposed to a more traditional extended family, um, and just the the pros and cons of the emphasis on the nuclear family the de-emphasizing of the extended family and what that sort of has done to society um, it's really good it's a really good article I encourage you guys to go and read it again there are pros and cons to to, to both sides I, I think and we're just gonna talk a little bit about that like I said I've been doing a lot of video chats with, with my cousins and you realize man I don't talk to these people a lot like I was just you know the, the last time that, that we had one um about a week ago um, there's about 10 or 12 of us on there and um i was just sitting there like you know somebody was talking and you know you can kind of see all the screens on zoom there's about 12 screens up and i'm just looking i'm like man i actually felt bad cuz i was like man i don't talk to these people enough this is like it, it had to become like this sort of quarantine thing for me to have some kind of thing like this with with all my extended family so
1: and aj it speaks to how as a society our Our families are condescending even during the course of our lifetimes. Our lifetimes are relatively recent. And the fact that you even know those cousins shows that when you were growing up, you were around those cousins. Oh, yeah. So when we were growing up, there was more of an emphasis on going to family reunions or living near each other or visiting each other more often. So that's how we got to know, especially those first cousins in the first place. But then now that people have moved to other parts of the world and other parts of the country, uh, and then even your kids, you know, might not grow up around their first cousins. So uh, it's, it's not just a last century thing. Even now we're, we're getting further and further apart yeah. from each other. Well, unfortunately, uh, and, there is extended uh, there is extended uh, adolescence going well, on, and well, much yeah. of that has to do with the way that the 1900s restructured society all the Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, well, and most particularly around the 1940s
0: and 50s and uh, 60s. This, this article actually goes back a little bit further. It starts yes. at the Industrial Revolution, and so that's where I want to kind of start. Sure, we can start um, there. Let's do it. Because he he actually uses a couple of terms, or you know, he makes a couple statements in the article that I thought were were really good, and I I think what you were mentioning a is 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 sort of the um, offspring of of some of these particular concepts. It is. Uh, um, you know, one of the things that he said in in the article, and you know, shout out to David Brooks. You know, you can come on the podcast if you want to. We'd love to interview you. Um, is how the extended family actually acted as shock absorbers for some of the and I, I wrote it down uh for some of the most vulnerable in the family
3: mm-hmm. yeah. you know when
0: you had multiple generations living in a house so like you may have grandparents parents children maybe aunts and uncles even if it's not in the same physical building maybe in very very close proximity right um they acted as shock absorbers. For the most vulnerable. Well, who are the most vulnerable in the family? Usually, yeah. children, and probably like the elderly. Maybe if you had a fourth generation, like a great-grandparent, right, who may still be living, they they would be the the most vulnerable in the family. And so, when you had so much uh, family in such a close proximity. The emphasis is placed on, you know, the most vulnerable as opposed to like what A was saying, education or my dreams and my goals. Right. Because he, he made another statement that the nuclear family shifted some of those some of that emphasis. Now, the emphasis is on, well, let me build my career. Let me do this. Let me do that. And those things have, you know, some some merit to them. But. The the emphasis was placed at the detriment to the most vulnerable. Because now, let me ship my kids off to school or after programs and this and that and yeah, the other. Correct. Because I'm trying to build, you know, me, myself, and I.
2: Well, also what it what it does is the the nuclear the nuclear family uh, uh, model is a is a is a a model of human existence that is seen to be or designed to be compatible for uh for the industrial the industrial age industrial revolution where you have companies yeah we have companies that um that are designed to employ a certain amount of people and because they're designed to employ a certain amount of people that means that the types of jobs that exist are jobs of specialty and not jobs of uh generalization uh, and Adam Smith's book, *Wealth of Nations*, actually goes into this heavily. Um, and Avery,
1: what does what does the uh, need for specialty have to do with? How is that compatible with there being a condescension down to a nuclear family?
2: Uh, the the idea of okay, so specialty um, might require reco- S- 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 specialty is needed if you if a company is going to produce a minimum amount of products, right? Like let's see, cause Adam Smith, wealth of nation's book, it actually uses the idea of uh needles, like a needle, needle making company. Right? So let's say there's some kind of, I don't know, uh, like a Carnegie or whatever, or like a, <laughs> like a, like a JP Morgan or something or a Vanderbilt. And let's say they're going like, we all know those are actual real people, but let's say like they have a company where they want to make needles, you know? And so, uh, uh, a, 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 a large, a, a corporation as opposed to like a family business. A corporation it, it, it is built entirely different than a smaller family business. A corporation has a desire to serve a particular size market, right? A search it has to, in order for it to exist, justify it, it, its existence, it has to, it has a minimum amount of needles that it needs to sell mathematically. Therefore, it has a minimum amount of needles it needs to produce, right? And so you have now, let's say they need to produce like 10,000 needles or just doesn't justify the existence of a company. So you can't have one like Whereas a family business, a family business can have like they need to sell like 100 needles or something like that, right? Or as many needles as somebody needs and then no more, no less. So what happens is, is that somebody who's running a family business or working as a family business, like the needles or whatever their last name is, they can make, they they can, they can, uh, like cut the, cut the metal. They can poke the hole. They can sharpen it. Like they can individually do all of those things and then say, Hey, here's your, here's like the needles that you needed for whoever down the street, the corporation can't like because they have to sell a million needles or, t- or 10,000 needles or whatever it is like they can't, it, it is not, it is, it is not. It's not feasible feasible for them to hire someone to to be a generalist and then do all that stuff like to make a needle. Yeah, they I just,
1: actually, I just I just thought you I thought they would benefit from a larger family or you know or no.
2: So so what happens is is that you have to now break down the jobs to make a needle into different specialties. Somebody who pokes the holes, somebody who sharpens the needle, somebody who tills the iron, right? And so now what happens is, is that you create a college program or create a trade school, create whatever kind of specialty mechanism like this corporation goes to the government, create like puts money behind behind these colleges, starts promoting a lot of, you know, education programs for people to like poke holes and needles. So now what happens is, is that you have you, you, you have a disintegration of the family business because those jobs now become more attractive to people who where they would first like prior to the corporation, they will work for their family, right? And they will become generalists, but then they see, Oh, well, I can go to school. I can just learn how to poke holes in the needles and now I can go work for the large corporation. And then now that corporation, it's a, it's a vicious cycle because now the corporation is producing needles, which then go into direct competition with the family business who's creating the needles. Right? So now the family business is hit twofold. Whereas they don't have as much, uh, they don't have, a, they, they can't pass it down, right? So that indentures
1: all, that indentures. <laughs> so when the family business breaks down, then that indentures
2: the family members to those
1: companies. To the
0: corporation, yeah. exactly. Carter and so, G. Woodson and, actually talked a little yeah. bit about this in The Miseducation yeah. of the Negro as well. Um, he talked about how you know a lot of African Amer- and when you. By the way, I would encourage y'all to to read some of these books that that we're dropping out of there because when you read them, you would think they were written in twenty twenty, and then you go back. Or, and oh, absolutely, fast. Yeah, and re-read you realize it because a
1: lot of us had to or read in the past. Or reread read it. Yeah, yeah, no And doubt. we'll have a completely different perspective now, right?
0: <laughs> but he says how you know in the early twentieth century, because that's when um, MisEducation of a Negro was written, that you know young African Americans whose parents might have had a little family business. But they scrape up and save up to send you to university and then you go work for a corporation who is in actually in direct competition to the business that your family's doing. And so you actually work toward the extermination of your own family's business because if your parent was a, a housekeeper or, you know, a little had a little mom and pop shop, you should go to university to come back and strengthen the family business. But they don't do that they do that and then go work for a corporation. So let's let's go a little bit further into this Come extended on. family business because I I think these are things that I think Mr. Brooks when he wrote the article was kind of scratching at the surface of a lot of things that if if you kind of parse into them there are a lot more deeper meanings because when you are limited to just your mother and your father, which are, which is God ordained, right? God ordains a child to have a mother and a father. But father because
2: and a Huh? Father and a mother. Right, okay. right, to
0: have both parents, right? Yeah. That the 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 reason that I think the extended family can be so helpful is because we're human beings, no matter how great your two parents are, even if you hit the, the parent lottery, they are still limited by the mere fact that they're human beings. Yes. They are yes. finite, they, they, they are finite beings, and because yeah. they are finite, their scope of view is limited, right? Their, their experience is limited, their expertise is limited. And one of the things that an extended family can offer is a diversity of, of points of view, right? And, and and different levels of expertise. And so if you had an uncle who might have liked, to Eve's point, who might be an accountant, let's say your, your father was a mechanic, a master mechanic, and he knows how to fix any car, master mechanic, right? Some guys are just blue collar workers, no shade to mechanics. But let's say your uncle is an accountant, CPA. It will, if I need financial advice, my father's advice is only going to be limited to a certain degree where my uncle may be able to expose me to an entirely new world. And so I think that is one of the benefits of having good relationships with extended family is you get that plethora of expertise, wisdom, you know, of a myriad of you
2: know,
1: right. well, and then you have generational wisdom as well. So you have your great grandparents. And I think that there probably has been a decline in the way that we regard our you know elders for right. this reason.
2: Yeah.
1: So if you're more exposed to your great grandparents, I only remember one of my great grandparents. If you're exposed to that person, my great grandmother was born in 18 something. Right. And I knew her until I was about nine years old. Then you're also exposed to your grandparents and your parents. You have this generational knowledge. You have people who are able to see a full lifespan and give you that kind of wisdom. And that changes everything.
2: Yeah. well, um, you know, if you're if you're propagandized to think that all old people need to go. You know, if you're propagandized to 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 rebel against your parents and to think that, well, they don't really know what it is I got to go through. You know, you, we went through the whole uh, again, the creation of the of the term teenager, you know, prior to the prior to the 60s and 70s. When you look at photos of children, especially if you look at the 1800s, 1900s, and whatnot, <laughs> grown, it, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's because of the clothing. There was no. There was no children's clothes. It was just like little men, little women. Somebody actually put a picture
0: online of, um, it was an old singer, like either Sam Cooke or somebody. hmm. And- He was like in his early 20s, right? He's like, y'all see this picture? And the dude looked like he was 45 years old. And he's like, y'all yeah. see some of these grown boys out here? Yeah, yeah. And this guy's a whole man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. I mean, even if you look at, even if you look at, uh, you know, if you watch the, the, the Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, and look at how Michael Jordan carried himself when he was when he went into the, the NBA and compare okay. com- compare him to his contemporaries, I mean, this dude was walking around in suits. You know, he wore a mustache. Dude, and he wore a suit prior to uh, the, the David Stern's um, uh, rule change where uh, NBA players had to wear suits um, during press conferences. Michael Forget Jordan's his contemporaries.
0: Compare him to what some of
2: these must be showing up in now.
0: Like, you, you know, see I, what's oh going
2: I understand, but what I'm saying is like to compare him to his contemporaries to show that that it what it's not it wasn't just a gender, it wasn't just because he was in the 80s. Gotcha. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like he had a more mature mindset of how he was going to carry himself or how he's going to present himself. And um, uh, what what we what, what yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. Well, well one thing
0: I want to
1: bring up is just how timely this article is uh and i i was looking for the date of publication but i couldn't find it it's march 2020 uh, but, okay well it's really 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 um uh very timely
2: yeah i remember what i wanted to say so the extended family actually um is the original government right like the extended family is the original government and what we have is with the with, with, with the with the uh, corporatocracy that we live in, right? We have these um, these international bankers that run our society, which are also run by uh, families as well. So let's not make no mistake about that. Families rule everything. Uh, but um, we have this idea of individualism and the promotion of the government like coming in and doing more and more and more. Like for example, that was that article that came out with Harvard University uh, a, a couple a couple weeks ago, where it was talking about how um, homeschooling should be banned. Now, what person in their right mind would say something like that, except for someone who wants to destroy the
0: family, right? Someone who but has invested interest in the deconstruction. Uh, yeah, yeah of de-constru- domestic rule. Yeah, of domestic rule, exactly. So
2: now you're 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 saying that you want to protect children by removing them from an authoritarian figure. But then, by what? By, by championing, championing a authoritarian figure of the government, and then removing the child from the household and putting them in the school in front of another authoritarian figure of a of a instruction, of a teacher who is already overworked and 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 uh, leaving the 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 profession of, um, of public school teaching, like it. it it makes no sense except for the fact that you do want to create a permanent underclass.
3: And
1: now that people are starting to criticize the government's response to what's going on with COVID-19. Now we come back to articles like this, which talks about how when you have segments of society that are vulnerable and then situations like what we're having now, where we have events that make people who were not vulnerable before vulnerable. Imagine what the extended family could do in situations like this that the government is failing.
2: Well, well, certainly. And the extended family is doing things. It,
0: there, there are people who are surviving this. Yeah, this well, is yeah. not the reality for everybody. And shout out well, to, Mr., yeah. uh, to, to David Brooks, because he actually... Yeah. He actually mentions this point in the article. He says that, and I want to go into a point that you just mentioned earlier, Eva, about the condensing of the family. But what he says is is that when you condensed the family down from large, he uses the word clans, but I don't think people are ready for that word to kind of be used. Yeah, I ain't ready for that word. They, 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 they're not ready for that word in, in, in general conversation. Clan with a C, everybody, clan with a C. Um, but he says that when you condense it down from large extended families down to nuclear families, Usually, the people that benefit are like upper middle class, because you 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 have the resources, right, to be mm-hmm. able to again act as those buffers to begin to mitigate. So if something goes yeah, down, pay well, for the services, right? I can pay for a service that in the past that mm-hmm. I would have had family to do, right? So I could right I could pay for babysitters, or I could pay for tutors, kindergarten, or, yeah, you know, tutors. I could pay Extra for extracurricular. So yeah. the the things that you're seeing now, right? We're going through you. You just mentioned COVID nineteen and the quarantine, and they're talking about. And this just hit me. I was just telling this to my wife just this past week. You know, I was because I, you know, am in higher education, and so our class has shifted from in class obviously to online. All of my students actually don't have their own personal computers, and again, I, I was the I'll be the first to admit it. I was ignorant to that. I just was like, all right, well, let me go set up my joint and let's get it cracking. And a couple of my students was hitting me up like, we got to wait until uh, we get the loaners because the, the college was giving out loaners to anybody who didn't have it. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, likewise. Like, I, like it just hit me. I was like, man, everybody does not live in the same with you know under the same set of circumstances to be able to just say all right we're going to pivot from this to that so when you talk industrial revolution and you go all right we're going to pivot from extended families to nuclear family mom dad kids let's get it cracking everybody can't just do that and so the permanent underclass thing that you just mentioned is exactly what's happening and has been, right. and has been happening for the last over the last century just a, yep. a a perpetuation of the same class of people being impacted because they they are choosing again we're choosing people can tell you what you want but you choose to live by the set of circumstances that don't really apply to you right somebody who's making half a million dollars a year and they choose to do some things them circumstances don't apply to you, homie. You're not making that you you don't have that bread. So stop espousing to those circum We have to keep doing what we're doing in, in order for us to be successful.
2: Yeah. And, and and let me let me also say that when it comes to the extended family is so critical and it it breaking down it breaking down, we, we are existing with the results right now. You know, you got people walking around, you know, like Doing all doing all sorts of uh, any manner of uh, uh, things to themselves individually, uh, because they are not actually taught who they are,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: yep. and so and then they, they they and they grow older, and then they're like they either forced to come to terms with what it is they are who they are, or they kill themselves. That's what the Bible calls and,
0: what's right in their own eyes. Yep,
2: what's right in their own eyes, right? And and um the 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 um, nullification of the of the scriptures, the 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 um the goal to nullify it, or this idea of relative truth, all these things make people. All these things can be buffed or buffered by the extended family. Like all of these winds yeah. of doctrine can be. And don't get me wrong, not everybody in the family is going to necessarily be righteous or anything like that. But when you when when you when you promote this idea of individualism you make yourself all that much more of a target and all that much more uh uh dependent on um outside forces in the government um, so let's
0: it, let's parse that up a little bit more because yeah, eva brought sure. that up earlier because yeah. one of the things that david mentions in the article he says that the family didn't just condense from extended to nuclear, it's now gone a step further. So now you have where it used to just, you know, a generation ago, it might have just been mom, dad, and kids. But now it's condensed all the way down to that individual, Now what what you were just talking about. So now it's not even just the four or five of us in our family, nuclear. Now it's like, you know, a generation ago, everybody was together in front of a TV, right? You might have just had mom, dad, and kids. Now, everybody got their own screen. I'm taking my phone or my tablet and I'm gone. Like, I know I gotta get my kids sometimes. Nah, y'all, put that down. We coming together as a family, right? To, like, I have, yeah. I, like, I find myself fighting against the culture forcing the, the family to condense even further now you know, I, I liken it to that scripture that says we sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. And so where we thought we were just condensing down from just to the nuclear family, me and my family. Well, now you realize the culture is actually not stopping there. The culture is going even further all the way to bump the family. It's about me, myself and I, the individual. And, and that's where you see the sort of full manifestation of of this concept to sort of disregard you know that extended family
2: so so now peep this right now think about how that also affects and impacts people's choices and who they want to build a family with come
1: on now talk to us
2: like you know we have this a la carte we have this a la carte society where people are lied to and they're told they can have anything and everything they want just like uh people you know going to Nike ID and designing their sneakers or uh, customizing this or customizing your, 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 my player. And in, in, in these uh, video games, they take, they, 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 uh, you can pick your major and whatnot. And they, they, they take these same kinds of, um, false notions and then they try to apply it to their relationships. And don't get me wrong. You can definitely, Uh, 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 make a choice of who it is that you want to be with and whatnot. But the question is, is that what is, what is the criteria one? And then two, who are you around? And if, if when, when you, you, people don't have, they don't, they don't, they don't necessarily have older people in their lives to be able to help guide them. My grandfather told me this This is one of the last things he told me before he died. Right. My grandfather told me this. He said, walks off, carry a big stick. He said, and don't you pick the most attractive girl. That's what he said. He said, do not do that. He said
1: decades on you decades. My grandfather
2: said, don't. Wisdom. My grandfather said, do not pick the most beautiful girl. Don't do that. That's what he said. That's, that's what he said.
0: That's facts right there.
2: Yeah. He said, don't, don't do that. <laughs> he said, you pick somebody
0: that's going to be good for you. That's what he said, and that's a very practical way. Again, you know, when y'all y'all know when, when we get on here and we say we we are gonna get biblically, you know, some people kind of take it with a grain of salt, but that's that's a, a very practical application yes. of the scripture in Proverbs that says beauty yes. is fleeting, right? But a woman who serves the Lord or fears the Lord is worthy of praise. Like there's an inward beauty that we should be after, and not just an external. An external beauty that will fade. So that's not That's that's a really good um, yeah. practical application of of that particular passage of scripture. Yeah, so yeah. There's there's one other thing that I wanted to touch on in the article that he, that he mentions, and I think you know what you just shared a, is really um, related to it. Is he says that one of the things that extended family can help to do is to help mitigate against death and divorce, right? Because think about it, in a nuclear family, if the parents get divorced, which is a reality, people, you know, we can act all spiritually we want to. Divorce is a reality, right? Yeah, well, you got
2: like five of them, right?
0: <laughs> nah, you count them up? Nah, bro. Right, nah, but just, it's um.
2: I'm just messing with you. That you can you can uh, didact that,
0: redact that, whatever the word is. Oh, you about to get on your uh, lamp mode, didact? <laughs> Didn't they do an album, didactic something? Oh, you dropping names? Yeah,
1: but
0: dropping names. Anyway, um, the like he said that you can help. You know, um, extended family will help mitigate against death and divorce, right? So, if there's a death in the family, let's say a parent dies in a nuclear family, that could completely be a whirlwind. Right. Or if the parents get divorced again, likewise, it could be just devastating to, again, the most vulnerable in the family, which are usually elderly and the children. But if you have extended family. Right. So maybe you have an uncle or a grandparent like you just mentioned a right who can step in and provide assistance when you know when one of the primary parents is incapacitated for whatever reason, as opposed to just being left to the government or left to yeah. some social programs no fish out this joint. exactly you you have family who can step in and provide remediation so again I think there are a, a lot of pros go ahead Eve. I
1: wanted to add to the the one of the pros has to do with motherhood and uh, the friends of mine who live near their parents uh, say that those parents have been invaluable. When they've had their children, right? Because now that we live in a society where, for a lot of people, both parents work outside the home, um, but even if the mom was at home, you have one child, and then you have a second and a third, and you're expected to be a, you know, a spider and 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 be able to grab hold of all those children at once who are going through different stages at the same time. And then if you're homeschooling, so the the, the friends of mine who who have parents around them say that they don't know what they would do without their older retired parents being able to step in and help with that. Um, Not just help physically, but help in terms of wisdom. They've raised children already. They know what it's like. And, you know, for a lot of the women who are homeschooling or people who are are, uh, stay-at-home moms, quote-unquote, a lot of them, you know, they have multiple children and they have this notion of biblical womanhood that basically says you should be able to do this. And they don't realize that that one part of the equation, which is the extended family, might be missing and that might be the reason that they're overwhelmed, you know? There, there's a sense of guilt that women who are stay-at-home moms feel when they get depressed and they feel overwhelmed. They're like, but I'm biblical motherhood and biblical womanhood, I'm supposed to be, you know, adding to the family and my husband goes out to work and I'm supposed to be able to handle this. Why am I feeling overwhelmed and depressed? But the reason might be because you're supposed to have an extended network around you and you're supposed to contribute to other people's network as well.
2: Uh, Yeah. Uh, And when we say all of this, you know, you're dealing with it really is. It really is. Unfortunately, it's countercultural because we're dealing with a generation or about a generation and a half of uh, women who were taught that the home is oppressive. And so, you know, they want to go and they want to play with the big boys, and the grass is greener, and they can want to work out. They work outside the home, and why do you have to have all the fun? And we can go, and women can do anything that a man can do, and all of this, and all this upside down stuff. And that further advances and deteriorates something that uh, would help to buffer society buffer our um, environments in a way in which that a lot of that rhetoric has uh, no game plan for except for somebody else to come help. Government, yeah. government, government. I right.
1: would just add, Avery, that I think there's a place for options. In fact, I think there's more of a place for options Absolutely. when we have a extended family network that we're physically around if you just have the nuclear family. So the woman who or the or the two parents who are saying, you know, one one the husband has a, a job on the east coast and the wife has a job on the west coast, we're trying to figure out how we're going to make this happen. It things like that work out better. The woman doesn't have to be at home, she doesn't have to be away, but there are other options. They have that flexibility when there are people around as opposed to you're in isolation in the middle of a city where you have no family.
2: It, there's a movie there's a movie that uh, came, that is coming out, came out, I don't remember the name of it. Somebody help me out here. It's a movie about wine tasting. Okay, Uncorked. It's on Netflix. Uncorked. Okay, yeah. And I didn't see the movie, but I remember the trailer. Did you see it? I thought it was
1: very good. There are differing opinions about it, but I liked the fact that it brought up some aspect of black life that usually isn't discussed.
2: So the when I saw this movie, I didn't necessarily say in my head, oh, you know, it's a black movie, even though clearly it could be identified as that. What I saw was a movie that talks about or hits on exactly the conversation that we're having right now. And that is the uh, family business or going out and self-actualizing. That's oh, okay. what I saw with this movie.
0: And I didn't see the movie. I just saw the trailer. My wife saw that movie, she was telling me about it Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but she was telling me about it Okay, so What I thought about this
2: movie Was that it was doing What it could to scratch the itch Of promoting This idea of rebellion, father against Son, mother against daughter Old people are stuck in their own ways As I grow, the world is different It's not as scary I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna You know, I'm gonna be uh, 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 A I'm going to self-actualize and be my own God, basically. Boiling it down. But what I was hoping that the movie touched on, and maybe you all can kind of like shed some light on it, was that it could strike a balance of showing that he that we are are our own people and we are designed unique ways, you know, and we have a first name because the first name, generally speaking, is prophetic. Um, it, it, it is a form of, uh, of, of prophesying what we've what we become and our last name is what we are, so to speak. And, and I was hoping that movie could show that at some point this guy could realize that what it is, what his birthright is or what it is that he was born into is a responsibility of his. And if he does not somehow, some way uh, 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 hold. Uh, become accountable for what it is that his his bloodline created. Then everything that they did will go away, and he's going to end up suffering anyway. Once he hits yeah. his thirty late thirties and forties, because he's going to look back and be like, "Man, why we give up that farm? Why we give up that house? So on and so forth." So I'm I'm hoping that it touched on that and not show some guy just go to the big city and all of a sudden you know <laughs> he meets some dude and marries him and. And, you know, he's just this super progressive d- silly stuff that, well, uh, you know. I,
1: you know, I would like for those who, who are listening who haven't seen Uncorked yet, you know, you can fast forward uh, this to uh, for about 20 seconds because there's a. am going to give you a spoiler alert just to just to answer the question. But to answer the question, Avery, it actually did do what you were hoping. So. OK. OK. So son wanted to be a sommelier. He went out and he got training and he came back, and in the beginning there was friction because the father expected to pass the baton and he said I was more interested in wine, Um, but they were able to pull it together where the son was able to use, like I was saying in pre-production, to use what he brings to the table for that business. Exactly, exactly. So I think that having more of an emphasis on uh, extended family, if as a society we could go back to that, uh, one of the benefits is that yes, we can have people who specialize and people who generalize, generalize have because both, we have right. support network for that. Yeah.
0: So as we you know exactly. as we just come around third base here, I mean, I think that you know for people listening, this is why you know a lot of times you see in scripture the Lord relate a lot of what he wants to do with us to family. You know, God will relate a lot of his interactions that he desires to have with human beings to family. Because family is meant to show like the blueprint. It's meant to show like the blueprint of our interaction with God, right? With the Most High. He actually, you know, detests the servant-master relationship. That's not the relationship that he wants to have with it. He says, I don't call, you know, Christ told the disciples, yo, I don't call you servants anymore. Because servants do not know the ways in which the master's house operates. They don't know what things go on in the master's house. You know, and so I think for those of us who, even if you, let's say everybody doesn't have a family. Maybe you're an orphan. Maybe you were adopted. Listen, you know, you you can be engrafted. I don't, because this is not about the physical people. This is about the ideology, We're coming against the ideology of individualism, the ideology that families don't matter, right? That's the ideology. That's not just the the physical people because you can be in a big family and still detest the people that you're in family with. You know, he even mentioned in the article, one of the pushbacks that people give to large, sprawling families is the lack of privacy, and having to be intimate with people that you didn't choose but that's an adventure that's getting to learn and getting to meet people and getting to know people It's all a part of socialization there's so many things that we're taught in families that we really don't even realize and so i i would encourage everybody that's listening point. that's a good point because when i think about my young adulthood and some of the some of
1: the uh decisions that i've made then that i regret now I, you know, My parents, I think, were extremely functional and really good, but they, as you were saying earlier, only had the benefit of their own contexts, in addition to the many other things that were going on in their own lives, because they had to live uh, thriving lives themselves. And so coming up in, in, an, in an environment uh, with people who were born around the Depression era, you know, or, you know, just different times during last century and the century before may have provided some wisdom that I did not have and may have made me even better equipped as an adult. I don't know if you all thought about, you know, some of the decisions that you made as young adults and how having uh, the extended family more close to you could have could have helped in, that, in those situations.
2: Yeah, I, I, the, the scriptures in, in uh, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, um toward the end or it might be at the beginning of the sixth chapter i can't remember when it talks about uh the family uh it it refers to it says how um uh essentially like parents don't vex your children and uh that i'm certainly not saying that parents get it right all the time because they most assuredly do not uh and that is something that you know this idea i brought you in this world i could take you out or um, you're going to do this or you're going to do that by all of my dead body. And I mean, certainly, uh, some of that is t- some, some of that, some of those positions are to be utilized. However, um, those might be positions of last resort and th- that, that going from going from zero to 100 when it comes to parenting is probably not the best way to parent. And, um, just, just some thoughts out there. I'm not saying that, uh, Parents uh, are always right. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that uh, just because that certain bad things can happen does not necessarily mean that uh, uh, parenting is uh, is expendable. It is very much, very much, very much uh, the glue that uh, passes down uh, culture. So
0: no doubt, yeah. I mean, that's why you know it's in Exodus. Honor your mother and your father so your days will be long father, in the land. You know? Father and
2: mother. Father and mother,
0: yes. Here we go. Yeah.
2: Honor fi- your father and mother. It's just father
0: first. Okay. Does that change the meaning? Does that somehow change the meaning of, of the, of the I, 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 I think so. I think so. Okay. I think so. But But anyway, you know. it's in it's in Exodus 20 if, if you want to go check it out. Depending on the uh, translation you have, it 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 may have inverted father and mother. Um. Anyway, Listen, guys, don't don't fall for the okie doke. There's a book by James E. Hughes talking about family wealth, and shows how the uber wealthy continue to strengthen family bonds. Meanwhile, they feed the masses individualism. So please yeah, do absolutely. not fall for the okie doke. You know, um, he he talks about how the uber wealthy they strengthen family bonds in order to pass down culture, pass down wealth. Pass down that mindset to keep Wealthy families wealthy but I, You know meanwhile The masses are fed Be yourself find your truth Your own individualism so We just yeah. want you guys to make sure that you Don't fall for the okie doke Don't okay. don't AJ huh?
1: I know you're trying to come around third base can, can, I, can I pull you back To third base please
0: So ladies I and gentlemen really we are not going to end
1: No because Because what is coming to my mind is something that I read on social media this morning.
3: Mm. Um,
1: well, not that I read, that I heard. Uh, the hip-hop artist Bizzle um, said something on IG. Uh-oh. About how now that he's a grown man, he understands how terrible that bros before ho's ideology was back in 90s rap that caused him to disregard uh, his wife and women in general in the early part of his adulthood. And how he's happy that he was able to, to survive that sort of you know um, mentally uh, arrested development sort of stage, um, and 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 now you know he and his wife are celebrating ten years. But the reason this, this connects to this article, and what we're discussing has to do with culture, and who passes on culture, and one of the terrible things about there being so much individualism is that you have teenagers and young adults who might have talent and they come into prominence and based on a very, very, very limited and immature scope, they are impacting entire generations of other young people. So in other words, they're determining what pop culture is and what its messages are. And you have bros before hoes or you know, all these types of tropes that entire generations of people have had to recover from because the pop culture was saying one thing, while if they were around constructive families and multi-generational families, they might've at least been able to compete with other ideas about what's wise and what isn't. And um, and so I think that the breakdown, not just of the nuclear family, but of that extended family made people vul- young people vulnerable To corporate interests. The only thing corporate interests said is, well, look, there's a certain message, and if it's more controversial, then it'll sell more and that'll make us more money. But then they were impacting whole generations of people through that. And then you know, even now you have Nas and and Snoop Dogg and various other ones who, you know, had one particular message and then didn't realize that their children were growing up yeah. in that message yep. and making decisions based upon it. And now they're looking back and saying, what did I do?
2: Yeah, they have to live in the doodle world that they created. Same thing with Dame, J- Dame, J- Dame Dash, same thing with Jay-Z, same thing with a lot of those people.
1: You can't go back in time. There is no time machine for you to change all of that. But it's just really important in terms of the building up and creation of culture um, that that these families are are more connected than, than they have been in the past couple of
0: decades no doubt so again ladies and gentlemen don't don't fall for the okey-doke do not fall for the okey-doke you know proverbs says that there's nothing new under the sun no ecclesiastes (laughs) says there's nothing new under the sun um and you know family was beneficial then and family is beneficial now and i think many of the ways in which people are searching right people out here searching for stuff is because they have rejected family Um, And, you know, family's not always biological. I get it, you know, it's not always biological. There are people that you can have those close-knit bonds, but whoever those people are, don't forsake those relationships, right? Don't, Don't forsake those relationships out here trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get the bag. I'm trying to do this and do that because when you're on your deathbed, you're not gonna want the bag. Nobody's on their deathbed like, yo, bring the keys to my Rolls Royce, no. They're going to say, bring the people who are those close-knit relationships. But if you have spent your entire life forsaking those relationships, what you going to do? All right? Because that's not what the wealthy do. The wealthy build bonds. They pass down wealth. They pass down culture. They pass down resources. Meanwhile, they feed feed you the lie of individualism. And we do not want you guys to fall for that ideology. So. Right, right. We do thank you all for listening today. So whether we're talking about uh Industrial Revolution or uh Brown V Board of Education, y'all know we're gonna keep God in the mix. So for Eve and A Swish, this is AJ saying peace.
3: Peace.